this. This is a, uh, this is a tough Sunday for me because um, you always try to tie, you know, something with the uh, with country with with God's word, and yet God God doesn't see it that way. I mean, He obviously knows, but but He doesn't. He, his allegiance is not divided by by national you know uh, parameters, and so uh, he, he he draws us. As, as, as humanity, uh, you know, stuck in our state, draws us, beckons us, invites us to come. And uh, that's every corner of the globe. And so uh, this is tough. Not only that, but when, when you do this, when, when you try and tie, you know, uh, what's going on in our country and in our culture to, uh, to God's word. And I, and I do that. Um, inevitably, you know, a portion will, will love it. They'll say, that's the best. I love that. You know, you know, go USA, you know, that sort of thing. You're like, Okay, but then you always get like the worst email of the year the week after this as well. Like, oh, you butchered that, man. You're terrible. And you're like, well, yeah, I probably deserve it. So um, that's, that, you know, every time I'm preparing for it, I'm, I'm thinking that's that's coming. And, and like I said, if that's you, send it. Send it. I deserve it. It's all right. I don't mind. I'm not trying to guilt you into not. Goodness gracious. But it makes it a little bit, it just makes it tough. It's like like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas. You, you know what you're you got to do, and you got to figure out a fresh new way to do it. And uh, this year is even more fun because everybody's like, "Yeah, there's an election coming up," and so how do you how do you even you know put that into it? And hopefully, we'll talk about that this fall uh, a little bit. Um, our our place as believers in that whole process. So that's kind of what's going on in my mind. I, it's like uh, you know internal vomiting there. I, I don't know why it started that way. That's what's going on in my mind as I try to straighten out what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about. This this morning. So, and on top of that, there's it, it, that my 15 year old self is sitting here going, and I know what time it is, Scott. You know, you got 10 minutes, and, and it's going to be longer than that. But that's all right. <laughs> Let's pray, and then we're going to jump in. Father, I thank you for your word this morning, and uh, Lord, you you love us. You proved it when you sent your son. And you beckon every corner of the globe, come and find freedom in you. Lord, we know this morning as believers, as those who know you, desire to make you known, that that's where our true freedom is found. And so, Father, I pray that as we talk about that this morning, Lord, that it would be clear, that it would be understandable, that, that it would challenge us to live in the freedom that's found only in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the greatest things for me... As, as an American, one of the, the things that I appreciate the most is that we do have freedoms. We have rights. We, we, have, we, uh, we, we have rights as Americans, as American citizens. In fact, um, there's, a, there's a document um, in, in, in D.C. I've actually had the opportunity to go buy it and see it. There's a document known as the Bill of Rights. And it lists those rights, those freedoms that we have. And, and uh, we, you know, we've, we've talked about those, and you've probably learned about those in school at some point along the way. In fact, the, the, the ones that we like to, that we know the most, or at least we like to argue about the most, are these three. Number one is this, the, the right to free speech. The right to free speech. We have the right to free speech. Now, we like to argue about how far that goes and what that looks like, and, and I think that's a good discussion. But the fact of the matter is, we have the right to free speech. Not everybody has that right. Not everybody in the world uh, is granted that right. In fact, uh, just about a year ago, I was on the phone, I actually FaceTimed with my brother. And I was asking him, I said, hey, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Because there was some uprising about a year ago or so in Thailand where he lives. And I was asking him about it. And he said, 
there's there's some dis, some uh, uh, disruption in, with the people as far as it pertains to the prime minister or the president, whatever they have, and the king. And I said, well, who's the king? And he told me the name. I said, is he a good king? And Jeremy, my brother, said, let's change the subject. I said, what are you talking about? He said, let's just change the subject. I said, okay. And I found out later, and he said, he sent me somewhere to read. I found out later, you don't talk about, you don't talk badly about the king in Thailand. Or you go to jail and they throw the keys away. It doesn't matter where you're from. You talk bad about the king, you're going to jail. And you're never getting out. That's a freedom that we take for granted so many times. The right to free speech, but we have it. It's given to us by our founders in the Bill of Rights. Another one, the right to bear arms. I, I, I was reading that, and that's just kind of funny to me, like the, the, the way that's worded, bear arms. And, and you're like, some of you are like, oh, you're talking about guns this morning. No, I just, it's a freedom, it's a right that we've been given. Number three, the right, or the freedom of religion. The freedom of religion, the freedom to practice religion. We have the freedom to come here this morning. We don't have to. We don't have to go to the government. We don't have to get a, a, a you know, some sort of a piece of paper that gives us the right to come together and to worship, to, to practice our religion. We don't have to do that. I, I, I'm reminded my trip to to um, uh, I've been several times to to Ukraine, and they uh, they have to register every church that, that there has to register with the government. And they have the right to say whether you can, uh, you can get together and you can, practice, you, you, you can practice your religion or not. They, they, they have the right to decide, okay, we have enough, we have enough uh, of those types of churches. And so you're not able to put together a, a different church, a new church, and practice and, and invite people to come. We don't have to do that here. We have the freedom of religion. And we have other ones as well. It goes on, in fact, the Ninth Amendment says that uh, the, the founders, they were so forward-thinking that they knew that, that things were going to change. And so they put the, the Ninth Amendment in there that said, even if we haven't necessarily uh, spelled out rights, these are not the only rights that Americans have. I mean, they were, they were very forward-thinking. And, and we have the privilege to come and, and to live in a nation where we are granted, granted rights, along with, with others that uh, I'm not going to go into this morning. We have, the, we have rights. And as Americans, that's one of the things that I'm, that I'm uh, most, uh, not proud of, but, but it's, it's, a, it's something that I take for granted. But yet, it's, it's probably the thing that I appreciate the most about living in the country that we live in. We enjoy practicing, living our rights. But if our rights, the rights that we're granted, the rights that were given, if those are not connected to responsibilities, then the result is that liberty is lost for everyone. If we, if we, are, if we don't use our rights and connect them to our responsibilities, then, then freedom is lost to everyone. Anarchy rules. I'll never forget when I was a senior in high school, my, my, probably my favorite teacher I ever had, his name was Mr. Bolden. He was my government teacher. The first time I ever even understood it in this in this context, was when he said it like this. He said, the only way that our system of government works is if we uh, understand that we, have, uh, that we have a responsibility to other citizens and we willingly obey the law. The only way that our country works, the only way that we operate in a, in a, in a, as a society in some sort of 
you know, a structured fashion is if we willingly obey the law. If our rights are connected to responsibilities. Now, if you're a parent of a teenager, or you can remember your teenage years, you know this. I mean, this makes perfect sense to you. Let me give you an example. Um, when your 16-year-old came home and was able, for the very first time, to take the car out by themselves, by, by themselves, all right? You, you handed over the keys to your 16-year-old, or maybe you went to the store and you had a key made for him, and you handed the keys to the car for the very first time to your 16-year-old, you probably had a conversation that went something like this. You have earned the right to drive the family car, but I can take that right away from you at any point. If you come home with a ticket, if you call me on your cell phone and there's a dent in the car, I have the right to take away that privilege. I have that, that this right to drive the family car is connected to what? To you acting responsibly behind the wheel. Your right is connected to responsibilities. If you are not responsible, you will lose the right. In Mary Jo's house, what not so much in the Smith household, but in the Hubbard household where Mary Jo grew up, um, there was always this, this idea that... that um, uh, and she'll be able to explain it better after the service if you ask her, but she always talked about how her dad threatened to take the door off of her bedroom. If, if she was on the phone too late, um, if she was too loud in there, if, if she woke mom or dad up, her dad always threatened to take the door off of the hinges and put it down in the basement. Now, I never really understood that. I, I did understand nailing the door shut while she was in there. <laughs> no, I didn't understand that, but, but taking the door off, I, I don't really understand that. What her dad was saying, what my, my father-in-law was saying to his kids, to Mary Jo and her brother and sister, was this. You have the right to be on the phone. You have the right to, to be in your room, but I have the right to take that privacy away at any time because this is my house. You have rights, yes, but it comes, it's connected to responsibilities. And if you are not responsible, then I can take the right away. And we can take that, those examples and we can stretch them out and we can, we can kind of move out to, to a, a macro level on, in our culture, in our country, and say that the same thing is true. Our rights, we have many of them. But unless we connect them to responsibilities, anarchy will reign. Liberty will be lost for everyone. Our founders knew this. John Adams, he was the, the second president. He was the first vice president under George Washington. He said it this way. He said, our constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They understood. They weren't all believers. They weren't all Christians, but they, they had a moral compass. They, they knew that, that, that people were ultimately accountable to God on some level. And so they understood that rights and responsibilities were connected. That we use our rights to bless others. And the, the, our rights don't terminate, don't stop on ourselves. We use them as an opportunity to, to take other people into consideration. And our founding fathers understood this. Now, 
I don't have to give you example after example to show you that, that this has ceased, this, this mindset has ceased in our country. I may be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. We, we, we prayed this morning that I would be wrong. But it, if I had to, had to guess, my, this ship has sailed in our country. This ship has sailed. It's not coming back. This idea that we are accountable to, to God, this idea that we, that we use our rights to bless others, that they don't terminate on ourselves, this idea, this, is, this, has, this ship has sailed in our country. I hope I'm wrong. But this ship has sailed. But there's hope. And it, that hope is us. It's you and it's me. It's, it's those of us that know Christ who have been, who have been um, uh, uh, saved by God's grace. Those of us whose, whose sins have been forgiven. Those of us who know freedom and know it well. Because it is a freedom that no country, no government, no person can take away. I hope I'm wrong, but, but the, all the evidence shows that, that we're never going back to this idea that there's accountability, that there is that, that our rights don't terminate on ourselves. But even if I'm not, there's hope. It's you and I. It's you and I. And the Apostle Paul in Galatians spoke to this. He spoke to this um, in, in, in a broader sense, obviously, than, than specifically in our context. But it still applies very, very well. It's almost seamless in the way that it applies to where we're at as a nation and at where we're at as a, as a Christian people placed in this context, in this culture, in this nation. And here's what he said in Galatians chapter 5. He said this. He says, for you, that's you and I, those are people that know Christ, that were, that were bought by Christ's blood. You were called to freedom, brothers. You were called to freedom. I'll never forget the first time that this really sank in. I was already a believer. In fact, I was already um, in ministry. I think I was a, a youth pastor down in Austin. And I was on the internet. I was watching this video. It was a, a pastor who was in a, uh, uh, he, he was in a prison. He was, and he was sharing, he was actually preaching, and then he was going to do a Q&A afterwards. And it was a, 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 a prison where, where uh, top security, I mean, it's like one of those places where everybody in there is going to die there. I mean, it was just kind of understood that this was the final stop for all of the men that were in this room. And this pastor had shared God's word, and then he was doing a Q&A. And somebody asked about freedom, what it would be, you know, some, some context. I don't remember exactly the question, but I'll never, ever forget the pastor's answer. His, his answer was this. Even though the government has taken away your freedom, because you know Christ, you are freer than most people outside of these walls. And it, that was like a bombshell went off in my heart. As believers, as Christians, you and I have freedom that nobody can take away. This world may crumble, this government may fail, but you and I, if we know Christ, we are free. Because freedom has been given to us by God himself when he set us free from sin. So he says... You are called, believers, you are called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. This is God's way of, uh, God's word saying, look, your rights, your freedoms, they don't terminate on yourself. You don't, you don't use them as an opportunity to, to indulge in the flesh. We've talked about this.
ad nauseum here. And we're going to continue to beat this drum. Our freedom is not to terminate on ourselves. We don't use it as an opportunity to sin. We use it as an opportunity to serve. Because look at what it says. But through love, serve one another. Serve one another. Last verse. says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. This year, 2016, in the United States of America, we see people who demand rights without connecting them, using them to act act responsibly. And if I'm right, if we never go back to seeing that, where people use their rights and they connect them to responsibilities as an opportunity to serve one another, That gives you and I an opportunity to stand out in culture, to stand out in our circles of influence, to stand out in a a, a nation that has turned its back on the founding documents. That our nation's built on. I read weekly the where our nation is in relationship to. Um, spiritual things, church attendance, all of those. I mean, that's that's fun for me. And, and, and for you, it's probably like, I'd rather take a nap. But for me, that's fun. And regularly, the, the, the news seems bad. Uh, there's less church attendance. There's a moral decay. There's, there's uh, the things of Christ. There, 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 there's a lack, uh, uh, a lack of, of sensitivity to those things, to things of Christ. And while on the outside, that does seem like bad news, and it is. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. That's bad news. But the good news is that you and I, when we understand that our freedom is found in Christ, and that it's you, that, that it's given to us so that we're no longer bound by sin, but we're free to serve other people, it allows us to stand out in sculpture in ways that we've never been able to stand out before. It gives us an awesome opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in the culture and in the nation. That he's placed us in. If that happens from sea to shining sea, as the story, I mean, as the song goes, and that happens here in the middle, and we see people that have been bought by the blood of Jesus, have been forgiven for their sins, and then living that out in culture, living that out in the marketplace, living that out every day in their life, you and I will stand out in this culture that. has disconnected from this idea that rights are connected to responsibilities. John Adams put it this way when he challenged us as believers to live in our freedom that's found only in Christ. Here's what he said. The context is is a national freedom. But here's what he said. Posterity, that's everybody that comes after me. Posterity, you will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. And you want to know the best way to make good use of the freedom that that our founding fathers gave us? It's to live in our freedom that is found only in Christ. Because no one, nobody can take that away.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, this, this week as we are excited and, and, and proud of the nation that we live in and the freedoms that, that have been given to us, Lord, I pray that we would remember that our freedoms found ultimately in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.